This episode is thanks to Bougie Smile. What's better than getting your teeth widened? Well, getting your teeth widened while listening to R&B and hip-hop music. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, friends, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Left of Field podcast. Uh, Jordan McArdle joins the podcast this week for a full preview of the players to watch ahead of the 2021 AFL draft. Now, from our WA top prospects eyeing a first-round dream to mature-age rookies, McArdle takes us through the players to look out for. It's a really great chat, so I hope you enjoy. Jordan, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? Good, thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for chatting to us. Now, for my listeners, this is a bit of a different chat. Today, we're going to look at all the young prospects going to be coming through the AFL system with an expert in yourself, Jordan. You have a great background in knowing all things about WA footy. Can you tell listeners a bit about what you do maybe first? Give them a bit of a rundown who you are. Well, I I didn't reach any great sporting heights myself, unfortunately. So I guess I'm following the journey of uh, a lot of young AFL draft hopefuls. I've been um, been at the West for probably six or seven years now. I started down in in Bunbury doing a journalism cadetship, and then sort of moved around the country a bit as well. Spent some time in Country Victoria and the Northern Territory as well before coming back home to Perth. So, yeah, been uh, always been a keen observer on seeing the young talent come through, whether it's at, at Colts level or, or PSA level, that sort of thing. Country footy and ammo's and stuff as well. So, kind of cover all levels of, of footy, really, from grassroots right up into uh, to AFL. So no, I really enjoy my job and seeing the talent come through from juniors all the way to, to AFL ranks. So it is quite rewarding interviewing these kids and seeing them realise their AFL dreams. Been a lot of uncertainty, especially in the last two years in the footy world. Shifting footy landscape, how do you see it and how, how is it going? I guess we're we're quite lucky over here with with the current COVID situation. I mean, we got not a full season of waffle footy, but we we got a, I guess a reduced nine round season plus finals. PSA was was the same. They had a a shortened season, so we were we were pretty lucky from I guess a sporting point of view that we we still got seasons underway. We saw what happened in in Victoria last year with their. NAB League getting totally cancelled and, and VFL as well and obviously all, all their grades really from, from amateurs to country footy to VFL, yeah. So it was, it was really sad to see what transpired over there and they're obviously doing it pretty tough at the moment likewise with, with Sydney and, and Queensland and that as well. So I guess we've been pretty lucky that these kids have been able to, to show AFL recruiters what they can do over the last couple of years. We um, unfortunately, didn't have a, a, a national under-18s or under-16s carnival last year, but we still managed to get a couple of draft showcase games underway when the, you know the best of the WA kids. So we were lucky enough to, to stream that on, on the West, which was great. It was great to show recruiters what talent we've got over here, and we did pretty well from a draft point of view, considering the list cuts in the AFL and, and budget cuts and that sort of thing. So. 
that was, the, I guess, the silver lining. We still at least got some, some footy underway over here and likewise with, with this year as well, which is, is shaping up to be another decent draft crop. Yeah, let's, we just all have our fingers crossed that the, the situation over east calms down, I guess, because we're certainly feeling for them, not just from a sport point of view, but from, a, I guess, a human point of view as well. Yeah, so you mentioned that we've got a nice crop coming through. Who are some of the top WA prospects that we should be looking out for in this draft? This is a tough one because last year we had probably three real standouts from an early sort of perspective. We had Logan McDonald go first and it felt like he was always going to be right up there. He's a real standout from an early age. Same with Denver Granger Barras as well. He played senior footy as a, a a bottom major, so I think he was still only, you know, 16, 17 years, years old when he got his first taste of senior footy. They both played an entire season of senior waffle footy in draft year as well, which is Logan McDonald reached heights that I, I can't ever recall from a, a kid that age. He was second in the, the waffle goal kicking. I think he was only a couple of goals off winning the Bernie Naylor medal, so that was just an outstanding achievement from such a young player in Denver as well. He was doing it from the other end down back, so they're both thriving in the AFL environment at the moment. This year's one, it's it's sort of chops and changed a little bit. There's been, oh, I do quite regular draft power rankings, and I've had a, a different kid at the top nearly every time I've done it. So my latest one, I had Neil Erasmus. So he was uh, he was actually born in South Africa, moved from Australia at an early age, started playing footy at Sorrento, done Craig. Now he plays his footy at Subiaco in the Colts, and he captains Hale School in the PSA. So I've watched a lot of his games at both PSA level and Colts. Always kind of dominated at, at PSA level, but had this real breakout Colts game in last year's Colts grand final, and that just sort of set his path, and he feels like he's just gone from strength to strength ever since. He's increased his fitness, and, yeah, he just seems like a, a, a great kid with the world at his feet. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was the, the first... WA kid called out. It feels like he's a real chance to be in the, the first round of the draft now. There's another kid who, who also won the, the Colts flag at Subiaco last year called Matt Johnson. So he's, he's another midfielder who's he's had a bit of an inter- interrupted season. He had a quad injury at the start of the year. He was probably going to debut in the seniors round one, but that sort of halted his progress. He started in the Colts and went up to seniors for a little bit, but Struggled to find form there, but it feels like he's just starting to build nicely. So, yeah, it could be a couple of kids from Subiaco at the top of the pecking order from a WA perspective. There's plenty at East Perth and East Fremantle as well. They they dominated the, the state 19 squad. I think they probably had 13 or, or 14 kids between those two clubs, which is an outstanding achievement there. Is that our uh, Jai Amos on that list? Yes. Yes, is he ever? He's he's certainly a draft bolter, Jai Amos. He, he's come from not nowhere, but I don't think he was very well known before this year. But his goal kicking feats are just unbelievable. I think he's got forty seven goals, eleven off the top of my head, maybe forty seven goals, twelve. But either way, that is just unbelievable accuracy, isn't it? He's from Bustleton, so he still actually lives down in Bustleton and, and comes up for games every weekend. So. Trained with his local club, the Bustledon Magpies, during the week. He's a, he's a left footer, a, a key forward, and 
yeah, for a kid with Miss in his last name, he doesn't do a great deal of it. So he's certainly a, a headline rider's dream from that point of view. And who does he kind of compare to currently in the AFL? Now, this is a tough one. I've been asking this before. It's, it's a hard one to compare someone at the AFL level. I'm not sure why, but he's a, he's a left footer. He's very, very good on the lead. He's got a great set of hands. He's deadly accurate. I'd hate to say someone like a Buddy Franklin because that's just uh, probably too high a rap for him. So I'll stop short of saying Buddy Franklin, but yeah, I think... Yeah, he's a gun key forward, he's a, he's a left footer and he's got plenty of tricks as well. So I think yeah, there'll be a, a few AFL recruiters keeping a close eye on him. So I mentioned Neil Erasmus and Matty Johnson earlier, but yeah, don't rule out Jai Amos to be the, the first WA kid called out, especially if we get a, a national carnival out the way this year and he, he does some good things there, he'll just continue to rise up the draft calculations. Is he someone that the Dockers could look to? I mean, they're needing a big key forward. Is he someone that's on their radar, do you reckon? Or is there anyone else in coming through the under-19s that could fit perfectly into that spot for that side? Another kid from me called Jack Williams. He hit five goals three on Saturday, actually. So he he returned to help with uh, with a massive performance there. Comes from a bit of a, a basketball background. We can play a, a variety of positions. He can play as a key forward, which is probably his natural position, but he can also pinch hit in the ruck and play some key back roles as well. So, yeah, he's an outstanding young talent. Jack Williams actually trained with Fremantle earlier in the year as part of the AFL Academy. Likewise with Jacob Van Ruin, who he's a, a Claremont kid who's played some senior footy already this year. He's played five senior games. I saw him play on Saturday at uh, at Revo Fitness Stadium. Yeah, he was he was unbelievable on Saturday in his first game back in the Colts. He kicked six goals too, and yeah, he's just a, a powerful kid. He, a Colts coach will kill me for saying this, but he did liken him to a, a young Wayne Carey once. He reckons he's used it in I've used it in too many stories, so he's not not too happy with me there. No, he's he's a great man, Matty Angus, his Colts coach, and. Yeah, he certainly rates Jacob Van Ruin very highly. Um, he's likened him to a, a Tom Lynch as well, the um, the Adelaide Crows Tom Lynch, not the uh, the Richmond Premiership player. He can play that sort of link up forward where he you know works really well up the ground and yeah plays that sort of link up between the the midfield and the forward line. So yeah, there's there's certainly plenty of exciting key forward prospects that I think. The Dockers should should certainly take a close eye or close look at. They seem to have kept a close eye on local talent in recent years, which is great. I think um, I think there's certainly enough talent in our own backyard for them not to have to worry about recruiting guys from Victoria and you know have that go home factor like we're we're, we're dealing with a little bit with Adam Chera at the moment. Will he stay or will he go back to Victoria? So I think there's enough here to suggest there's some some very good. AFL prospects um, in WA this year. Yeah, exactly. If you can come to your own backyard and get that stay home factor and get them from the beginning and keep them around, they could be, have a very bright future. And you mentioned a few of your standouts in your power rankings, but who are a few Smokies that we should look out for? There's another kid from, from East Perth who seems to be getting a, a little bit of interest. His name's Caden Harbour. So he comes from a, a rugby back background, actually. So not new to footy. I think he's been playing and being, been in the East Perth system for a few years now. But he's a he's a pressure forward and 
yeah, he's certainly got plenty of trick. He tackles hard. He's got really good work rate, and yeah, he can kick a bag of goals as well. He gets a few goals at the weekend for East Perth, so he's part of the WA Under 19 program as well. So he's certainly one to keep an eye out for. As a kid, I really like it at Claremont. His name's Eric Benning. Yeah, I think he's about 197 centimetres. Models his game on Rory Lobb. He's a, he's a mad Docker supporter, actually. I interviewed him after the game yesterday when he kicked four goals. And, yeah, he's part of the, the WA Under-19s program. He's part of Fremantle's Next Generation Academy. So they get uh, priority access to him there, providing he, he falls outside the top 20 picks in the draft, which he should do anyway. So I think he's a great prospect for the Dockers could end up being a free hit for them. They could put him in as a, a Category B rookie, so wouldn't even fall in under the, the salary cap and their, their list cap and that as well. So I think they should certainly take a, a look at him. I'm sure they, they probably are, to be honest. So um, He's been part of their academy for a while. He's from Kununara in the Kimberley, and yeah, he has dreams of becoming the, the first player from Kununara to make it on an AFL list. Um, another kid I, I really enjoyed watching this year is Cade Dittmar. So he's from Augusta Margaret River Football Club originally, so the same footy club as Ben Stratton. And he's got one of the best mullets you'll ever see. It's a boxside blonde mullet. So he, he certainly certainly stands out on the footy field, but he's a, he's a really tough kid. He's an inside midfielder who models his game on Elliot Yo, And, yeah, he's got plenty of talent. He, he hadn't had a, a great deal of luck on the injury front until this year. He had some stress fractures in his lower back, so he missed yeah, missed the entire year last year. But he's come back. I think it was... did some calculations. I think it was 573 days between games. So it was wow. such a, a remarkable um, a comeback for him. And he kicked, kicked a few goals in his comeback game. And he's just one of those sort of tough goal-kicking midfielders so yeah, I hope he uh, he gets picked up or at least gets closely looked at because I've really liked what he's produced. The kid from Peel Thunder who's getting a, a little bit of interest as well, his name's Brady Hoff. His first year of, of Colts footy is from Harvey Brunswick Lashenault in the southwest. Got a little bit of Scott Pendlebury about him, just the way he moves around the ground. He's got really good skills and can kick a goal as well so certainly got plenty of AFL attributes. I could go on all day. I think if we get around the, the 10 to 12 mark this year, that would be a really good achievement. Yeah, that's really exciting. Are you like me? You like to drink red wine and lots of coffee, but you really want to brighten your smile? Well, why not head to Bougie Smile? In Mount Lawley, they are offering clinically proven teeth whitening t- treatments while you listen to hip-hop and R&B music. They have the highest grade 6% hydrogen peroxide whitening gel combined with high-powered LED whitening machine for three 20-minute applications, hence the name. And in those 60 short minutes, you'll have the brightest smile with results ranging from 4 to 10 shades whiter. The average is about 6 shades. When I got it done, I actually improved by 8 shades whiter so it is well worth it and it's so simple so fun with the r&b music you sit in the chair and i literally was dancing so why not give it a go i uh, use the code left of field when booking with a bougie smile and you will get a very nice 15 percent discount so uh brighten your teeth and drink all that red wine and coffee and not be afraid to smile
And you mentioned the under-19s carnival. Is there going to be a chance to see these young kids in action? We hope so. Yeah, it all, all depends on the COVID situation at the moment. I mean, they, they were supposed to play against the Allies in Sydney, and that was July 31, but unfortunately COVID took care of that. They were looking at moving it to Melbourne, and then Melbourne went into lockdown. So instead of that, the, uh, the WA-19s played a few trial games. So they, they took on East Perth, their reserves and Colts in, in one game. They did the same against Perth Demons. And they played a, a third trial game as well. So they've at least had, had a few hit-outs. But I guess nothing really compares to Carnival uh, WA1, the last carnival that actually happened, the, the under-18s carnival, a couple of years back. And it almost helps that a few players get on that radar as well from a national point of view. And, yeah, we had a really good year from a draft point of view. And guys like Devin Robertson, who won the Lark medal that year. Um, Nathan O'Driscoll played as a, a bottom major. Logan McDonald played as a bottom major. So there was yeah, so much talent that came out of that under-18s crop. There's the hope that WA will play South Australia later in the month. So hopefully, you know, late, late August. That game was supposed to be played... On Saturday, actually, I think it was August 7 that it was supposed to be played, but yeah, unfortunately, the border restrictions made it postponed, unfortunately. So we're hoping that there will be a game against South Australia later in the month, whether it's in, in Perth or in Adelaide. It's still uh, a little bit up in the air at the moment. And then there's there's hope of you know potentially even a, a mini hub in, in Melbourne later in the year. WA needs to play big country and big metro. Those two games were scheduled around the AFL Grand Final. One was you know, a couple of days before and the other was a couple of days after. So hopefully that can get underway. But yeah, a, a lot of water to go under the bridge yet with, with COVID and just, I guess, the border situation around the country. Now, looking at the overall draft, who do you reckon is going to go, you know, number one? Is it Sam Darcy, Jason Horn, Dave Koss? There's some big names already out there. Who are you tipping? Oh, I think you're, you're spot on with those three. Uh, it just feels like it's such a, a clear-cut three-horse race here. Jason Horn, he's yeah, he's an unbelievable talent. He, I think, he had three goals and 22 disposals in the Sandville Seniors at the weekend. So he's almost the Logan McDonald of this year, but more of a more of a midfielder, goal-kicking sort of midfielder. But the dominant performances he's putting on the board at, at Sandville Senior level sort of mirror those what. For, for Perth in the Waffle Seniors last year. So I think it's pretty clear cut that he'll be the first first official pick. So I think they'll be the, the two father-son guys in the mix as well, but they'll have bids anyway. I can't see any way that Sam Darcy doesn't end up at the Western Bulldogs and, and Nick Dacos doesn't end up at Collingwood. I think no matter how high the bids are for those two, they will match them. So... Yeah, that you can take that to the bank definitely, but I think uh, I think Jason Horn certainly in that that top three mix as well, and and number one mix that's been unbelievable in, in seniors, and he looks like one of those ready-made talents who could slot in for uh, for round one, I think. So there's still a bit to uh, to determine who actually gets that number one pick. It's out of North Melbourne and Hawthorne at the moment, and potentially Collingwood as well. They might have already won. Too many games, but yeah, it's uh, it's getting down to that pointy end now. And yeah, it should either be North Melbourne or Hawthorne, I think. Yeah, it will be interesting to see who falls to the bottom of the table and 
gets that pick, they'll be very lucky. Now, you already mentioned some big names in the father-son there. Is there any local father-son names there that we should be getting excited for the next generation coming through? Now, I get plenty of stick about this in the office. They they reckon I do love a, a famous surname and, and write about it a lot, but it is, it's hard not to get excited about when you see the, the next generation of a of a talent coming through. You already mentioned Dacos and, and Darcy from a Victorian point of view, but yeah, we've got plenty in WA as well. Taj Woden, he's playing at East Fremantle at, at the moment, so he, he captains their Colts. Coming off a, a big day in the Colts on Saturday, actually, so he was one of their one of the Sharks' best at the weekend. He's part of the WA Under-19s program, and real big improver as well. He plays a variety of positions. He can play in the, the midfield, he can play half-back, half-forward, and a natural leader, um, comes from good stock as well, doesn't he? His, his father, Shane's a, a Brownlow medalist. Um, and Melbourne get first access to him through the father-son rule. So Shane played 100-plus games. I think it was 119 off the top of my head, but, yeah, certainly well over 100 there. So whether he ends up at, at Melbourne or I'm sure there'll be a couple of the WA clubs keeping a close eye on him as well. There's another son of a gun running around for... South Fremantle and Aquinas College. His name's Jesse Motlop. So he's the son of Daniel, who, who played about 150 games across Port Adelaide and North Melbourne. Unfortunately for those two clubs, he didn't play enough at either. I think he was 17 games short uh-huh. at Port Adelaide. So, yeah, what a what a shame that will be because he's a, he's a super talent. Good he for us. Good for WA, though. Maybe we can keep oh, him over here now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he's actually part of Fremantle's Next Generation Academy. So, yeah, you've dropped in so, a lot of yeah. names in this Next Generation Academy. They're going to look like they're going to have a good few years coming out of it? Oh, I think so, yeah. They've um, they've got some unbelievable talents in their Next Generation Academy, the Dockers. They've they've certainly done well out of that. They've got the Kimberley Zone, which, well, it's it's worth its weight in gold. They've, they've just produced talent after talent up there, especially, you know, Halls Creek. That's just a, a renowned footy factory up there. So tell us about um, Motlop. He's got plenty of tricks like his dad. So he's a he's a small forward who can who can play in the midfield as well. He led the, the PSA goal kicking as a year eleven last year. He kicked fifty odd goals in a season, which is a shortened season as well, which is a really amazing effort. He's he's a great kid as well. I've interviewed him a few times this year. He's got his own podcast. I'm still waiting for an invite for that one, but yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully one day. Oh, one day. Uh, Maybe after he's this one, he'll he'll want you. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, he even designed Aquinas College's Indigenous jumper that they wore on, on Saturday alongside a, a teammate of his in Xavier Bradshaw Pinney. He recently made his league debut for, for South Fremantle, which is an amazing achievement for a, a kid of 17. He played the last two games before going back to the PSA, so he two goals on debut as well. So, yeah, he's, he's certainly, oh, you'd nearly pencil him in to, to get drafted, whether... Fremantle can get him or not. There's a quirk in the Next Generation Academy rules because he's an Indigenous talent that's based in in Perth. There's a top 40 protected zone, so any rival club can can get him in the top 40 and Fremantle can't match that bid. But if he falls outside of that top 40, Fremantle get access to him. So I hope that explains it in a, in a nutshell, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's... Yeah, he's done his chances. No harm this year. I think he will get picked up. It's just a matter of where he'll end up, really. There's a few brothers of guns running around as well. Um, Corey Warner plays 
actually plays with Jesse at, at Aquinas College. So he captains and Jesse Motlop is one of the vice captains there. He also made his league debut recently for East Fremantle. So he's played three games in a row there on, on the wing and, and looked pretty good as well. So he's come back to Aquinas for the last games of the season. They're hoping to win the Alco Cup there. So they'll certainly be in the mix for some senior footy later in the year. The younger brother of Chad Warner. They've actually got a Rising Star nomination earlier in the year at Sydney. So he's a different player to his older brother. He's more of a classy sort of outside player. He's got some good run, left footer, good foot skills, where his older brother's a bit of a bit of a tough nut, I guess, more of an inside sort of player, but a bit of a tackling machine. So they're a bit chalk and cheese on the footy field, but um, they've certainly got, both got plenty of talent. No, that sounds really exciting. It'd be great to see these guys come through, whether it is still at Waffle for another year or so or jumping up to the AFL. Well, thank you so much for giving us a bit of the insight into what's coming up. A few big names there and it'll be exciting to see what club they go to. Hopefully the Eagles and Dockers can get a few. I know that we mentioned the Dockers needing a power forward and I feel like the Eagles need some speed in the midfield and you've mentioned a few guys that are looking quite nice as well. In that list, I do like to end my podcast in asking all my guests a motto that they like to live life by. So do you have any th- words of wisdom you can leave our listeners today with? Oh, that's um, right. Got you now. I was just asking for a, a motto that you like to live life by. What's that? Sorry. I was just asking for a motto that you like to live life by. I like to ask all my guests this on the show and to leave everyone with some words of wisdom. So I was wondering if you had any for everyone today. I might uh, take a leaf out of Dan Venable's book here. I was uh, I was pretty moved by his speech last week when he unfortunately had to retire because of head knocks saying play every game like it's your last. So I might, along that path, live every day like it's your last and just, uh, I guess, make the most of everything. So. That's a great quote, and obviously we wish him all the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, retiring at 22, it's a really sad story. Obviously, won a flag as a 19-year-old, and then um, the incident that was likened to a car crash. So it was, uh, yeah, pretty sad end to his career. And I just, yeah, hope the the next chapter is is a bit better for him, and he can get over the the head knock that that ruined his AFL career. Yeah, yeah. It shows you there's more to life than footy, isn't there? Yeah, 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 exactly right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Loved the inside and can't wait to see where these kids all end up. Thanks, Danny. Looking forward to seeing how the, the rest of the season pans out and let's hope we get plenty of WA kids picked up in the draft. Thanks, Jordan, for giving us that insight. Some big names there, some great father names there, some great headlines named there. I can't wait to see a Jason Horn slash Jason Bourne. Thanks again for tuning in to the Left of Field podcast. Please go back and listen to some other episodes, and I'll catch you again next week. Goodbye.